In this episode in the voice for truth, why do Christians worship on the Sundays? A spirited debate with a Seventh-day Adventist advocate. In this discussion, I answered many questions. Was the Sabbath made for man or man for the Sabbath? What point in history the church was birthed into existence and at what point the Holy Spirit of God made its appearance on earth. The new covenant promised to the children of Israel, but the Gentile inherited. Why this was so, this and many more, I am Pastor Paul. All right, so as I heard your presentation, uh, Pastor, I, I, I jotted a few things down, and um, unfortunately you're not seeing my screen. But I wanted just to play, just as a rem just in the, uh, some people might not have heard this part, and I just want to play about two minutes of this part. And then I'm not going to do sound bites on everyone, but I just wanted to play two minutes on this part here. Let me see if I can bring it up really quickly and you can hear this part because that's what I'm gonna ask a question about so let me bring it up here so Sabbath is a day of religious observance and abstain from work Sabbath is considered to be a religious day a day of obstinance, a day that you observe, and a day of rest. So we go into the word of God and we say that God rested on the seventh day. The Bible did not say that God rested on the Sabbath day. The Bible says he rested on the seventh day. No, which day is the first day? The first day is considered to be Sunday. Now, we got to understand something. So that should be enough for the staging of the, the this part. So on my screen I have here, the Bible does not say God rested on the Sabbath day, but on the seventh day. And that's a soundbite I wanted to address first. So... And I, I believe that you, you're a man with some um, zeal for the word. And as you said, this was kind of off the cuff and ad lib. You didn't have notes. But I'm, I'm looking in my Bible here in, in Exodus chapter 31, verse 13 through 17. And I wanted you to, you can follow in your Bible as I read from my screen here. So I'll give you a moment to find it. Exodus 31 verse 13 to 17 and while you know i agree with you that the seventh day is a day of rest and worship and the first day of the week that is is a the sometimes is it is a day of rest sometimes it's a day of worship worship and every day of the week actually each day of the week sometimes each day of the week is a day of rest and worship and so we will find out that there are days of the week and days of the month that are different. You can have the seventh day of the month and the seventh day of the week, but you can't have the 15th day of the week. But you can also have the 15th day of the month. So we need to differentiate and understand how these things flow in the biblical calendar. So to Exodus 31 now, addressing this first um, statement, that the Bible doesn't say God rested on the Sabbath day, but rather on the seventh day. And you qualified and, and correctly said that the seventh day is the Sabbath. So let me just bring evidence here and let the word declare, Exodus 31, 13 and following. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and the children of Israel. Uh, because, so the first thing to note, he says, my Sabbaths you shall keep. It's a sign between me and Israel. Let's just highlight the word Sabbaths, or the phrase Sabbaths. 
then it goes on. Uh, it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. It's an important word here. Sanctify. It goes on. Ye shall keep my Sabbath. Singular. Keep the Sabbath. Singular. Therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. And it continues. Um, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh, see here, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy unto the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For, here's a big for, in six days the Lord made the heaven and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So we can see the, the direct relationship between the seventh day and the Sabbath. So God did rest on the Sabbath day because he told Israel to keep the seventh day as well as keeping the Sabbath. In verse 15 again, six days may work be done, but in the seventh day, rather in the seventh, is the Sabbath of rest. So the Sabbath is in the seventh day. So to observe the seventh day is to observe the Sabbath. And if God rested the seventh day, then he naturally rested on the Sabbath. I wanted to see if we can have agreement there. No, I really and surely, that's a whole lot of words you're saying right there. But what we're doing, you're putting God in the context of man. And you and that is very wrong. You don't ever put God in the country. God say he's not man. He has a relationship with man and he tried to identify make man identify with when God when God said he rested on the seventh day. Right? Mm -hmm. That's where we should leave it. He gave man the Sabbath, right? A kind of a sermon to be done on the so honor God for your work and you have one day of rest and in that day of rest in doing no work you have different sermons and worship and doing all of these different things and it is called the Sabbath because it's a ceremonial thing that is being done all the time so it is symbolic it is very symbolic to what God has done in the creation, he created the earth, the heaven and the earth, and everything in it, on the sixth day, and on the seventh day, he rested. So he's saying to man here, he said, man, I have worked six days, and I've rested on the seventh day. Let this be a Sabbath for you. You work on the six, you work six days, and on the seventh day is your Sabbath gift. Honor to me on this day, do no work, right? What we don't make, what we don't do, we never ever try to make man out, God out to be a man. God is God. And there are a lot of things that God uses that is very symbolic in the word, of, in his word. And, you know, when Jesus Christ was doing parables, you know, Parables is basically like meeting the heaven, the heaven, the spiritual with the natural. He want the heaven, what's going on in the heavens. He basically used natural things that we know and understand, understand the heavenly doing. This is why he speak parables, you know. He want to bring the spiritual and the natural in one that we can understand based upon our common experience what goes on in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a parallel between the spiritual and, there's a, and, and the natural world. We cannot understand spiritual things, but we can understand it when we are able to 
fam well, because we are familiar with certain things of the natural world, you see, and that's all we can know what's going on with the heavens. And this is why we have the scriptures, because God God could write the scriptures himself. But what he did, he used man to write the scriptures on his behalf that we can understand God through another man's interpretation of the word given to him by God. Because many of us, if God speaks to us, we will never be able to understand him. But we can understand God when somebody else is talking to us who God has anointed by him to relate to us or to be an uh, intercessor or a mediator between God and man. This is why God always okay. people and anoint them to, be, to represent him. So let me ask you then, in, 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 in all that you've said, um, would you agree, would you conclude that God owns the Sabbath day or is that a man thing? Is it for, is the Sabbath just something for man or God owns the Sabbath day and, and gave man permission to use it for holy use? How do you see that? Man, man, carefully, man owns Sabbath in Christ. That's important. You know, the God, the Bible says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Who do you interpret that? Very good question. So, and, and that was that's one of the actually one of the topics I have on the line. And let me bring that up here because I, I, I heard your presentation of that in, in March 2, verse 27 and 28. He said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of okay. Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you expound on that part. What does it mean to you here? Where the Sabbath okay, was made explain, for let man. Me, mm -hmm. let, me ex let, me, let me explain how I understand that, okay? Yeah. There's mm -hmm. something... For instance, a car. A car is made for us. Okay? Mm -hmm. It is made for us. We purchase a car and we do whatsoever we desire with the car because it belongs to me. It belongs to you. Mm -hmm. I can keep it okay. clean as well as keep it dirty. Right? Okay. Because the car is made for me. But if I'm made for that car, it's totally different. That means the car has control over me and I have no say. I have no say over it. Okay. Okay, so in that regard... For instance, when you go, you're getting married and you go mm -hmm. to the tailor to design your clothes, the clothes is being made for you. Mm -hmm. You rule the clothes. So it is... Mm -hmm. Yes, so it is designed to fit for you to for you to wear it. No, if you are now made for that clothes, that means the clothes is going to wear you. You know, mm -hmm. that you have no authority mm -hmm. and power over it. It has power over you. So this is why the Lord and why the, re the reason why the Lord says this in that way, Jesus Christ said it, because the Bible says that the Bible says that we are dead. In Christ, when we are baptized, when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, we become a new creation. In Christ, all things are passed away, all things become new. You're experiencing a new birth, a new birth experience. That means your spiritual man comes alive in Christ that was once dead because of the fall of Adam. Right? So you become a new creation. The Bible then says you become the body of Jesus Christ, the church of the sovereign God. That means that you belong to Jesus Christ. You don't belong to self, you yourself any longer. So it goes like this, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible goes on to say that you are seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, in heavenly places. principalities and powers. That means our seat is in Christ as a position and place of authority. Because the Bible says that we are now king's kid, royal peer priest, joint ear with Christ. 
God called us to rule and to have dominion over all things. This is why God called us to holiness and righteousness. We must hold on to God's ways, which is righteousness and holiness. And this is a relationship that we have in God. No. The reason being that Jesus Christ said we are, that the Sabbath was made for us, meaning we are, we have total authority over every single thing that is created by God because we are in Christ Jesus, filled with his Holy Spirit. God called us to be priests and warriors and leaders to rule and to reign in his power. So how do you observe the Sabbath since? In that regard, with your explanation, since man has power and authority to rule the Sabbath day, um, can he break the Sabbath? Can man break the Sabbath if he has that type of authority? No, I'm telling you, no. What you're basically saying is that the Sabbath has authority over man. If you think that the Sabbath has authority over man, you make the Sabbath day, that day, an idol, meaning you put it Ahead of God, because remember, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, "We are, we are, his, we are His children. We are the church. We are His body. And if you start to honor any other things other than Christ, it becomes a idol. It becomes a worship. And God said, worship no other God but me.' So I'm glad you, you said that. The Sabbath. You can you mm-hmm. can observe the Sabbath day." But never make the Sabbath day become your God. Make you feel as though you're enslaved. Right. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. So let me ask you now. So are the commandments made for man or man made for the commandments? How do you see that? Okay. Uh, The commandment. The Bible says that the commandment was made for sinners and lawbreakers. You cannot know that you're breaking the law unless the commandment tells you so. The word of God declared that when there was no when there's no commandment, there's no law, there's no sin. Sin came to life when the commandment came and that when death come alive in man. Right? When was no, that? When, when was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. When was what? Go ahead. No, no, I was asking, so when did the commandment come? You have, you, have, you, have, you have different, listen, you have different dispensations, okay? Mm-hmm. Different dispensations. You have the dispensation of Adam, the, 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 and after Adam, you have that time of Noah come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And within that time of Noah, you have Abraham that was given, given was when God basically made a covenant with Abraham with the covenant of faith. The Bible says Abraham believed God and he was coming mm-hmm. unto him to righteousness. Now, the Abraham was to take us straight to Jesus Christ, but because the children of Israel, that was a type that, that, that God, you know, God uses the children of Israel in order for us to understand who God is. The children of Israel was like, it was like a, a, a scapegoat in terms of revealing God's strength, His power, His love, His wrath. And they did a good job at it, you know, in terms of to reveal who God is unto the entire world. And this is why the children of Israel, they suffer at the hands of the enemy and at the hands of God when they rebel against Him. Because God holds them in high standard because they represent who God is and represent God. To the world, you see. That's what the entire scriptures talk about: the Jews and the, the, the and talk about the Gentiles and talk about the Hebrew and talk about the relationship God had with these people, and they they reveal who God was. Now the commandment came on Moses when God handed down the the, the commandment. Now before the commandment, there were few commandments that was there, but not to the extent at which Moses handed down all of these commandments. So there were things that been done and it was not considered sin until the commandment came, then it became sin. No. Take it from there. When Jesus Christ came and he died and he stretched out on that cross and said, It is 
finished. What Jesus Christ wants to do is to fulfill the law in himself. So before the cross, Jesus Christ basically, he basically lived the commandment. But when he died, the commandment would be fulfilled because a new era, a new dispensation begins with a new covenant. The new covenant mm-hmm. is the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. The blood covenant and the, and, 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 and the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you and me, from the moment you come to Jesus Christ and confess, as in Romans 10, 10, it says, when you hear the word and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Spirit of God comes and quicken your spirit and bring it to life and make you become one with God. And you now become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away and all things become new. What am I saying? Yeah, we understand. That when you are dead, when you are dead, everything that you possess, you understand me, has no value anymore. All your bills that don't mean anything because you are dead. You are dead. The Bible says you are dead in Christ. When you are dead, that means that you have all the things that when you are living in sin, God based it's all gone. You are now clear. God wash your clean. That's what the Bible says. You don't commit sin anymore. You don't. You take advantage of the of the life that Christ has given you to put yourself back in bondage. You are free. The scripture says, "Who the Son set free is free indeed." Praise be to God. We are free indeed. <laughs> okay, so we are free indeed. Uh, 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 so in free indeed means you're you're free to do whatever deed you would need to do. So do you see any boundaries? No, if no, some- no, no. The free indeed meaning that all your sins are forgiven. The Bible say that the Bible say that he who had no sin became sin that you can become the righteousness of God. So what Jesus Christ do is change. He exchanged your filth and your unrighteousness. He took it on himself on the cross and paid yeah, we're, we're green. And set you free that's the redemption power of Jesus Christ. We we accept that part. And so going going back to the, the authority of man, since the Sabbath was made for man and as you expressed, man rules over it, then I, I will give you a parallel passage in first Corinthians eleven, verses eight and nine. Listen okay. to these words. First Corinthians eleven, eight and nine. For the man is not made of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Now, using your illustration that if the Sabbath is made for man, man has authority over it, does it mean that the man has authority over his wife because she was made for the woman? She was made for the man, and he can do with her whatever he pleases. I love I love that one. That is in my book in the third dimensional man, Christ, the Anointed One. When I go into detail and and explain this, when God made man, He said, "Let us make man." in our own image. In the image of God created each them, male and female. So this is them. Male and female man. Male and female man. When God okay. sees humanity, he sees man. Male and female. <laughs> what God did then, he said that It's not a transgendered man though. <laughs> No, 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 no. What the devil does is, what the devil does, the devil goes and tries to corrupt and pervert everything that is perfect. Okay, we're good then. He perverts the weather, he perverts the signs and the seeds, he perverts every single thing. Take it out of context and sin because of Okay. what the Bible, I'm telling you what the Bible says here. The Bible says male and female man. What God did, he said that, he said in, in Genesis, what he said here, he said a man needed a helpmate. There was no, there was no animal suitable for a man to be an helpmate. What is a helpmate? I'll let you know. 
So what God do? He put the man into a deep sleep. He took from the man a rib and formed a body, right? A body, and the, and, and and the body he brought to the man. When the man saw the body, he said, "Woman, this." is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh he called the body woman so what god did was take the spirit of the female and put it in the body and man called the body woman when they fall because of sin man called the woman eve wasn't god who gave it a name adam named all the beasts of the field bird of the ear and man, man called the female woman. Man called the woman Eve. So help me is this. This is help me. A lot of people talk about religion stuff that woman must be subjected to. To man, no, no, no. God created them both equal. The woman falls, so the man gains authority. Woman is a help me, meaning that if they are lifting up a table, one hold one end, the next one hold the other end, and they lift together. Now, who is going to lead? The man will lead to where he wants the table to go. It's not control, manipulation, or dictate. It's ruling to, it's moving together on one accord in the spirit of holiness and oneness and agreement. That's how we are going to help, yeah, help mate. Not control, yeah. but rule. And I would say help meet. It's really not even a help mate, but to help meet. M E T. Yes, that's what they to help meet. Yes, help meet. Yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to emphasize. You with the help. Exactly. So you know, it's not like a mate or a maid where you. So anyway. Yes. Um, yes. Meet. I, I, you know, I meet you. I meet you helping you. Halfway, right? So we we're, right. we're help co-laborers. So I see. Your your explanation here differs from man, the Sabbath was made for man, and man is Lord of the Sabbath, because the woman was made for the man, just like the Sabbath was made for man. And this is why I wanted you to see that parallel, that just as man does not have authority man, over... Because a man needed mm -hmm. Well, more than that. But the woman was made for the man because God designed it that way. <laughs> God wanted him to see the great need. It's not an afterthought that God, oh, the man needs a, a mate. God made a mate for every one of the other creatures, except man, because he had a special lesson to teach there. Uh, put it this way, put it this way again. Adam called the, the, called the body woman. The woman mm -hmm. was made for the man. Male and female man. God wanted to help me. For the man, he crafted a body and put the female in the body. Adam said, woman, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. In order to meet and to do things together as one. This is where marriage was established in the garden when they become one. Man, God brought them back together as one. So God see one, not two. We see two. But God see one. This is why right. no man supposed to go in between a marriage, between marriages. The others have become marriages consecrated and ordained by God. And by the who God put together, no man put asunder. So I would I would encourage you to, to look a little more closely then because the the same relationship that the Sabbath was made for man and you said what God joined together let not man put asunder, then you can't, uh, on the other hand, argue that the Sabbath was made for man and man has authority over it, but at the same time, man cannot put it asunder. And I agree with that concept, that what God put together, man and the Sabbath in worshipful relationship, man cannot come and tamper with that and say, you know, we choose another way. We re realize that the Sabbath is made for man, and because the Sabbath is made for man, we can do whatever we want to do on the Sabbath day and then choose the first day as our sacred day. But before we move that point, I wanted to just, the word man, 
it says God, male and female created he them. So God, he made man. So the word man really means human. That's really what it is. Read in King James English. The man there means what human. Is human. What is human? Humans are human being. What people, being? people, male and female, male and female what make human being. No, being human. Mm-hmm. Human is in the flesh. Being is in the spirit. Human and being, spirit in man. Human being. Yeah, angelic okay. being. Angelic being is a spiritual being with no physical body. Okay, angelic mm-hmm. being. Human being okay. is is man with a spirit with a spirit. So man is what do you call a man? A spirit in a body. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and we, we agree though with that. We mm-hmm. what do you call a man? The physical, the, the the physical is what you call man, or the gender. We, we, I want to make sure that I understand what you call man. Man is all God sees his creation. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's human. Who is the image of likeness? What is who what is the image and likeness of God? Humans. Human is in the human is, is is the image and likeness of God? Is yeah, God human a being. human? Is God a human? No. So how can you say human human? Is in the image of God. Well, edify me on that. What do you see that to be? No, because because we are, when God said He created man in His own image, in the image of God, He created mm-hmm. it. The spirit of man is in the image and likeness of God because God is not a man. God is a spirit. They that worship mm-hmm. Him worship Him in spirit and in truth. We are spirit mm-hmm. in a physical body. To able to to be able to operate here in the physical world. Without the physical body, we can do nothing. This is why Jesus Christ had to come in a body, a human body, in order to so how about angels? in the natural world. Huh? How about angels? Angels are beings. You said without the body angels we couldn't operate. Can angels angel angel, angel manifest? In the lookalike of a human, the chip, but they're beings, they're, they're spirit. Yeah, but they can also manifest and look like just about anything. An angel yeah, can manifest and look like look just about anything because what yeah. they need something of the natural to take on that lookalike in order to exist in a natural world, and an angel cannot stay in that manifested state for a very long time. You see, they have this challenge that manifests But we don't know what an angel looks like. We only can basically imagine. So people join angel looking with wings and stuff like that because they manifest. We don't truly know what they really look like. We are seeing them in the manifestation. Jesus Christ being the Son of God manifests himself on earth as the angel of the Lord. Then he was given a body to Mary to become the son of God here on earth. When he was on earth in the body of Jesus Christ, he could, he could not do much because he had limitations. That's why he had to die and, re- and receive a glorified body that he could now do every and anything in that glorified body, which is both bone and flesh with no blood. That's the state we are going to be when we have been resurrected, we're going to take on the likeness of Christ and become like Him when we have been transformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we, we agree that. That we'll have a new body and, and we will a glorified body. Yeah. So the, mistake, so, the, mistake, the mistake that a lot of people make, you know, my friend, is when you are basically recognizing that day even more than how you recognize God. Because you are no, you are defending that day more than who you are. You are defending Jesus Christ. You are defending the no, no, no. Defending the Holy Spirit. You are defending again. No, I heard your sermon, and so I'm asking you questions about your sermon. Remember that. If if we were, if we had just met for the first time, I wouldn't even have this conversation with you. But when I heard someone sent you my your sermon to me, and that's how we made connection. 
So I wanted to press you, uh, you know, ask these questions because they're important. Because if I'm defending the day, you are destroying the day, if I would say it that way. Because in your presentation, you went to say, <laughs> you, you went on to say that the first day of the week. Uh huh. Go ahead. I, 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 you know, the, the thing about it, you know, I, um, I love Adventist people, really. My wife, she do a lot of business with them. My, my brother-in-law, and all of them are, are Adventists, you know. And, um, you know, they are very, I should say, very religious people. They are very religious. They love God. They love God. And one of the things that, you know, they are always in controversial with a lot of people is that they always, stand out on the day and the commandment in remember the Sabbath day and make and keep it holy. So in that they always tend to condemn other people as not being saved because they are not they are not basically um honoring the day and believe that you are not truly saved or Christian if you are not keeping the Sabbath day and keeping the day, keeping the day holy. But when you begin to go into scriptures and you realize that you are now there's a there's a reason why in the Bible, if you go into the middle of the Bible, you have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament, there's a blank piece of paper there in the middle. And you say the New Testament, which is the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you know what is the new covenant that Jesus Christ has established with us? The new covenant? Tell me. Tell me what it is. What do you understand? It? The new covenant is a blood covenant because Jesus Christ shed his blood. He was the Lamb of God who came and take away the sins of the world. Through him and through his blood we are being redeemed of all our sins. It's like you go to a courthouse and the judge is about to sentence you to die because you're a criminal. And somebody said, Judge, Your Honor, Your Honor, I'm going to pay the fine for him to release him. I'm going to pay a hundred a million dollars for him to set him free. So what he does, he used his wealth, his wealth and his riches to set to pay your price. The head of the kinsman redeemer. So he redeemed mm -hmm. you and now set you free. All right, you belong then. to him because mm -hmm. he purchased you. Jesus Christ mm -hmm. came and what he did? He purchased us with his blood. Not the blood of gold, okay. not the blood of and turn it off. He with us blood and he established a new covenant with us. And all we have to do is to believe in Jesus Christ. Call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, by faith we are saved through grace. Not by work that any of us could ever boast. You cannot, I'm gonna... yourself. you cannot justify yourself. Only Jesus Christ can justify you. Right. I'm going to come back to the New Covenant, but I, I wanted to go okay. another question that came up in your because I'm going to ask you, and think about this. Uh, don't answer this yet, because I'm going to come back to it, but I want you to keep in the back of your mind. With whom did God make the New Covenant? Just think about that, because I'm going to ask you in a little bit. But go to the next point. One of about okay. <laughs> well, well, hold on to that answer, because I have this one here that was in your sermon. Okay. says the church began with the New Testament since the resurrection of Christ. There was no church yes. before that time. The church was right. only in existence for 2,000 years now. Right, yes. How, how do you come to that conclusion? All right. When Jesus Christ was born, mm -hmm. born between 1 AD and 1 BC, right? Mm -hmm. And... Okay. When, you know, he born between what, and what, when Jesus Christ was age 30, mm -hmm. he was baptized by John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says at that moment, the heavens opened, and John beholds something important. He saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and perched upon the Christ. And the Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the only way, the only way that John could recognize what happened is because the Holy Spirit manifests itself in the lookalike as a dog. Now, at that point, at that point, the Bible says Jesus Christ was 
filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the time the Holy Spirit came at 30 AD. The Bible said that Jesus Christ lived after that for three and a half years doing his ministry, preaching about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Um, these were teaching, preaching, casting out devils, healing, raising the dead, and doing all manner of miracles. So the Bible cannot say the holy amount of miracles that Jesus Christ has done. No. What happened here when Jesus Christ was crucified? Jesus Christ was crucified when he on the cross and he said it is finished and he gave up the ghost there was an earthquake and when darkness was about to come you understand me they realized that they made a mistake to crucify the Christ because that was the power of God the mystery of God is in his death burial and resurrection when Jesus Christ died the Bible says he was in three days in the belly of the earth, just like Jonah being in the belly of the fish for three days, three nights, three days. And the Bible said, on the first day, which is the Sunday morning, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And this is why Christianity is identified with Christ, because we are risen with him through baptism, through when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are risen with Christ. And the Bible says we are now a new creation. Nobody can tell you that you are, you used to do that, you used to do that because God has forgiven you. This is what the devil does. The devil tries okay. to tell you about your past, but Jesus Christ showing your future and your present. The Bible says that when God forgives you, he takes all of your sin and casts them in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be retrieved unless you go back like a dog and retrieve it like a like his vomit. You see? But you are Bible say you are now forgiven of sins are forgiven. Right? Yeah, but my, my question dead, though you is you are now dead in Christ, you become the church and the body of Jesus Christ. You are okay. in Christ in heavenly places. Got it. So, so the you see birth. that the church was birthed. Okay. Huh? Go ahead, finish that thought. That's exactly the what I wanted to get church, out of you. The church was birthed the day when mm -hmm. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. That's when the church, and remember, the church, the church is not man, it's not a building. The church is Jesus the Christ. We became mm -hmm. Christians because we have accepted Jesus Christ, and Christians are what? Followers of Christ, and we are Adopt his life, he adopt his nature. He is you our, answered our well. Lord, our Savior, and Redeemer. Amen. <laughs> so, you answered well. So, yeah. So, in light of what you've said, I want to read to you this passage in Acts chapter 7, verses 36 to 38. Remember, you said the church was birthed with the resurrection of Christ, or even with the death of Christ, if you want to go that far, but the resurrection of Christ. So in Acts chapter 7, here's the Apostle Philip preaching, verse 36 to 38. He brought, it says, he brought them out after he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, and in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness forty years. This is that yeah. Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear. Here's the key verse, verse 38. This is he that which was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us here. The apostle Philip is speaking of the church in the wilderness in the days of Moses. But mm -hmm. That is nearly 2,000 years before the resurrection of Christ. Yes. So the church was burned long before that. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So now, basically, remember you know, that Jesus Christ says that they were eating the manna that represents his body. You understand? They drinking of the water that represents his mm -hmm. blood. There was all about Jesus Christ being the Word of God. So you see, you see, in, 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 in what we cannot do, you know, we cannot basically slice up Jesus Christ because His name in His manifested state on earth is Jesus Christ. 
where during the time during the time of of um in the spirit is called the word and the word became flesh and dwell amongst us in the time of showing him revealing himself until then he came as the angel of the lord remember remember Sajra, Meshach, and Abednego when they were in the furnace and when Nebuchadnezzar come and said oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm not throw three persons in the fire but I see a foot hold on one looking like the son of God who did Nebuchadnezzar an even a Babylonian king know what the son of God looks like Yes, they knew him, but they didn't accept him. You see? He knew what the Son of God looked like because he came in the manifestation of the angel of the Lord and he manifested himself as the Christ when he came to the body of Mary to get a earthly body for the sake of redemption, for the sake of the shedding of blood that we can receive forgiveness of sin. So the church that he was talking, remember, remember we're talking about the church is a body. A group <laughs> that is sanctified and consecrated and baptized or symbolic. Because the Bible says when Moses take the children to the Red Sea, it was like um it was like a, a, a symbolic of baptism. Okay. So exactly so that's the point I'm making. Behind it. So, so if that is the case, then it, it would not be accurate to say that the church was birthed at the resurrection of Christ. No, the, the, of, of course it's accurate because guess what? Jesus Christ fulfilled all things in himself. Everything can be a type of or thing. Well, if that's the case, then it goes back to creation because it was there. Listen, you know, when you, you can go and look, out, look at a piece of land, and an architect. And what you do is basically you look on the land and you draw up a model of a house. Mm -hmm. a house is not a house until it is being built and it right, comes right. as how it was being designed. All of what we see in the Old Testament is all for us now to understand who God is, how we must align ourselves with God, and how we must have this fear of God in our heart and don't make the same mistake as those who are in the wilderness who disobeyed God and they fell there by serpents and God and God allowed them to be destroyed and not able to see the promise. We must never be like them. So we must use this example as a teachable moment that we can able to worship God in the fear and the love of Jesus Christ. And his, const his constant quarrel with Israel was that they disobeyed his commandments. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. We see. Okay. And so we... No, you said disobeyed God. <laughs> the, first, the commandment is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. With the, and when we, with the word love. When we disobey God, the, the, custom, the, 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 the laws of the command, they come alive in us when we disobey God. So we walk by the Spirit... And we don't fulfill what? The lust in the flesh. Okay, uh, so would you call homosexuality, would you con consider homosexuality a, 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 a violation of the commandment of God? Homosexuality is an what abomination before God. How do we know that? Because the word of God tells you that. Where? He told you, but the word of God tells you. That's exactly. in the law of God, right? In the commandments. Like, but if on. the commandments are done you know, away with... Yes, you know, you know what is sin. I told you before, you know, that when you commit yeah. sin, that's what the law does. The law, exactly. the law of God brings you to righteousness. But when you're, you're a righteous person, you don't need something when you are basically standing in it. Let me tell you something. If you are, if you are the bus stop, Right? Mm. You need a bus. But when you basically get your bus and it takes you to your destination, you don't need it anymore. Because you have already, you have already used the bus to your but you'll, you'll need it tomorrow. You'll need it tomorrow. 
that that tomorrow is a different day. You're talking about now. You don't know about tomorrow. We know about now. You know about now. Yeah, but you needed it. You needed it now to get from point A to and point then you B. Got you it. needed you it. But well, who you know that you need it tomorrow? You just don't take the boat across the bridge, or you cross the bridge and you throw away the bridge. No, no. Oh, do you, you know, know you that burn it down. Oh, you know, but you know that you're gonna need the bus tomorrow. In a perfect world where there's no death, and this is just like the sunshine <laughs> every day, then in, in, in that world, regard, my friend. Yeah. In a perfect world, there's no tomorrow. There's no there's no marriage or giving into marriage. In a perfect world, we are with God. There's, there's no, no tomorrow. tomorrow, you say. There's no really? time. There's no time. How there's about no from time. one Sabbath to another? In, in a perfect world, is there one Sabbath to another and it, from it, one it, new moon to another? In a perfect world, there's no, there's no Sabbath. There's no time, my friend. God transcends time. Okay. God All right. So, but, but, I'm going to have limitations. No tomorrow. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to bring Bosnia in that, but... So, one of the other things, because I know we're going to close shortly. So, one of the other questions I had for you was the New Covenant. With whom did God make the New Covenant? Who did God make God make the New Covenant with? For sinners. Sinners. Well, let me share with you then this passage in the Bible, in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, not with the Gentiles, not with the Scythians or any other group, but with the house of Israel. I'll read again. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to my people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Here we see that God said he made a covenant with the house of Israel. Not with the Gentiles. A lot of people who claim to be Gentiles says we're New Covenant believers. But, but the Bible said the New Covenant was made with the house of Israel. Are you of the house of Israel or are you a Gentile? Verse John. 1 uh, verse 10 and in verse 10 it says and he was in the world and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received, as received him, him to them he gave power to become that that into them that believe on his name. So yes, he gave the covenant to his own, and they rejected him. They said, crucify him. You know what they did? They said, give us Barabbas and away with Jesus. Who did that? That's the Jews. Who did that? They crucified this Christ. They crucified him and said, I am the Son of God. The Bible says here that they rejected him. Even up to this day, the Jews rejected the Christ. He came to his own, and they believed him not. Give us Barabbas and away mm -hmm. with Jesus. Right. The right. were given the covenant. The covenant. Because of his own people who rejected him, even now mm -hmm. they are rejecting Jesus Christ. And you know what happened? The Bible said, mm -hmm. "Yes, you reject me, but you're going to accept another, which is the Antichrist." The Jews are going to accept an Antichrist. You understand? Okay. They're going to believe a false Messiah. Is what I'm saying? That is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, who so did the, the Bible say the new covenant was made? Is man goes? God didn't go back on His word. Man goes against his word. That's, That's true, it. I, I agree with that. I change not. God didn't change his position. Man changed their possession with God. And this mm -hmm. is why the Gentiles today are become the, the, the saints of God. Because the Jews rejected God. And that's the scripture. So the new covenant was made with, with the Jews or the Gentiles? Who do you say that? The new, new covenant, covenant was made. made the new covenant, because remember, you know, Jesus Christ say, you know, 
he, he, he he came to the lost sheep of Israel. He came unto his own. He came to Mm -hmm. preach the gospel. When Jesus Christ went to his hometown, they said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I mean, is this Joseph, why? Joseph's son, carpenter, come and declare himself to be God? They, they hold him by the neck and threw him out of the town. And Jesus Christ said, a prophet is not welcome in his own country. So he did not go back there and preach anything until the time of his death when he returned back to his hometown. They crucified the Christ. And because we the Gentiles accepted him, we become sons of God. John the Baptist said, I say, since they have John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffer violence. And the violent one takes it back by force. See? So what? The Bible says since John, they have not been a greater prophet, but them who have the household of faith, the saved one, the redeemed, the saints of God, are more powerful and anointed than John. And John was more anointed than all the prophets, the Elijah, the Elisha, all of these people. John was greater than them, but John was the least in the kingdom of God. You're a kingdom child, my friend. I'm a kingdom child. And I'm happy, boy, I could be able to share with you tonight, you know, my friend. And you really have a, you really have a cool spirit, you know. And God bless you. Yeah, well, I, I, we could go on and on, but I, I appreciate Just one last thing before we, yeah, we did New yeah. Covenant. Uh, you said there were no tomorrows. That's the last one I'll take up with you. No tomorrows. It's just an ending time. <laughs> No, what I said, what I said, you know, I said, how do you know that you will catch the bus tomorrow? Because because tomorrow comes to none of us, basically, because we can die in our sleep. Right. So we can always try to tomorrow and wake up out of our bed. Huh? Mm -hmm. Uh, In a perfect world, we don't die. Yeah, in a perfect world, no, the Bible says no. Because the Bible says, you know, when God, when Jesus Christ, when God cast out Adam from the garden, he said, you know what, if I don't cast out a man from this, from the garden while he's in a sinful state, let he put his hand on the tree of life and eat of it mm-hmm. and live forever in that state. So that's why mm-hmm. God had to cast him out. So this right. is why we need to be born again because we cannot taste the blessings and the goodness of God. While we're in sin, we have to be redeemed and be consecrated of God. And let me tell you one more thing. The Bible says, no fornicator, adulterous, no gay, none of transgender can enter into the kingdom of God. But all of those are... The kingdom of God. Right. I agree with that. So the, they but can, all of those... They can always try to, they can always try to twist the word and make it seem acceptable and try to put themselves in it. But the Bible says, mm-hmm. no, that ain't going to happen. It has to be born Again, no criminal, yeah. no thief, no whoremonger, no liar. None of these can enter into the kingdom of God. They have to be born again. So as we're winding up here, I want you to think about that. If you observe the Sabbath day and you're not born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You have to be born you know, again. No flesh can be saved without the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's not my objective to, to show that we can be saved by yes. Sabbath keeping. I, I am a Sabbath yes. observer, but I don't believe I'm saved by Sabbath. I, I don't believe I'm saved by circumcision. I, I believe, although circumcision is very good, very healthy, and around the world many, many people are benefiting from it. I don't eat pork, but I don't believe that we'll be saved just because we don't eat pork. So I don't do those things in order to be saved. I don't practice homosexuality, but I don't believe that not practicing it, that's going to put me in heaven. So these little rules and regulations, you know, in and of themselves won't merit us anything. It's the blood of Christ and blood alone from start to finish. Now, having said that, I just wanted to bring out an important underscore that... By the deeds of the law, the Bible tells us, shall no flesh be saved. But without the law, no flesh can be saved in a lawless state. 
See, that, this, is, this is the catch-22. You cannot be saved as a lawless person, nor can you save by the law alone, because there's no righteousness in the law. So there's a relationship that you have in Jesus Christ now, that you go to him for salvation, and the law shows you the way to holiness. The way to ho This is the life you need to walk. But you can't, no matter if you and I were born today and you, we never committed a sin in our lives, we still have a problem because we have inherited sin. Even if we never thought of one sinful thought, we have inherited sin. The Bible tells us that. We, Adam was our father, and it's been transferred to us. So we need the blood. Even if we thought we lived a perfect life, we cannot be saved without the blood. So that is not being diminished, and the Sabbath is not being elevated above, the, and to make it seem like if you're a Sabbath keeper, then you'll have an advantage, to, because the Jews were Sabbath keepers, and they didn't have an advantage. So that doesn't exempt us from obedience, though. See, and that's the point I'm bringing out, is that all, when it says no whoremonger, no, no fornicator, no effeminate person shall enter in the kingdom of God, all of these are violations of the law of God. So I just want to leave these two verses. One, one here is in Isaiah, Isaiah 66, verse 22 and 23. Just think about it here. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, Shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Now, this is a new earth, new heavens, new earth. And God is calling worship on the Sabbath day and on the new moon. It says from one new moon, one new month, to the next new month, you're going to come to worship. And from one Sabbath, that's one weekly Sabbath, to another weekly Sabbath, you're going to come to worship. So there's no provision made for worship outside of the statutes, the judgments, and the commandments of God. So and the worship you, days are so spoken for. Well, tell me what you understand it to mean. That's the way you understand it? I understand that God is saying that the new worship will be held on the new moon and on the Sabbath day. I don't know what you see that's there. Not, that's, tell me not what you what the, that's not what the scripture is really saying. God is what it, tell me what it says. What God is really doing now, he's basically um, giving us, uh, you know, like an understanding for us to understand it. From east to west, north to south. From okay. heaven to earth, you understand me? That's what he's saying. From one moon to another moon, from this year to this, from a Sabbath to a Sabbath, he's, he's talking about what? completion. Everything is made complete in him. You understand me? So, you know, again, you know, when it comes to God, what we tend to do, we tend to bring God into humanity. What humanity to do... No, I'm talking about humanity here, not God. Listen, what I'm saying here, what we do is to bring God into humanity. God is one, God want not, God don't want to come into humanity. God want man to come into divinity. He want man to become more spiritual with him. God don't want to come to our level. God want us to come up to his level and to his standard. Fully agree. When God Fully agree. When God, when God basically, what he's really saying here, you understand me? Again, it's like parables. He's basically telling you, from one state to another, from another state to another, from this state to another, He's talking about everything will be made complete and be made whole. And let me tell you something. A lot of people believe that when Jesus Christ comes for his people, that we will spend the rest of eternity on our knees and bowing down and say, Holy, holy, holy. God the Bible Almighty, heaven is full of your glory. No, no, no. We will be doing work. We will be doing work. And the kind of work that the Bible talks about is to rule and Govern with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Remember, you know, we might believe that we are the only existing in this entire universe. There are other created beings out there that God says that we are, that Jesus, that, that what is man? That thou art mindful of him. Yeah, well, there are 99 that, that didn't go straight. 
The only one sheep went astray. Huh? There were 99 that stayed in the fold, and then the one sheep went astray, and he came to save the one lost sheep. So we are, there are many other intelligences in the universe, in other words. We are the, yes, we are the lost God, sheep God, that Son of Man has come to seek and to says, save the lost. God says basically he will give us dominion, power to rule mm -hmm. and reign mm -hmm. with him. Robert, We're in agreement there. To talk to you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let's conclude here. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Pastor Paul, for taking the time to converse with me. I wanted to talk with you on those points, and, uh, and we look forward to keeping the lines here. open. Mm -hmm. You can also you can also look and check my book out in the Landmines in our spiritual journey on the third dimensional man. I have the mm -hmm. audio book also of the landmine. You can basically check it out. This book has nothing to do religious about the mm -hmm. landmine in our spiritual journey. It has everything to do with, um, you know, this, our daily encounters. We Is it on your it. website yes. here? I'm on your website. I don't see. I, I, it, yes, I see all the... You can get this book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get this book. You know, the oh, it's not version. announced, Sunny. Also, okay. Mm -hmm. An audible. This book is very mm -hmm. deep and inspirational everywhere talk about um you know i talk about various different inspirational word of god and make the balance and correlation with our daily life it is a powerhouse to to really um you know read and you will keep reading and reading and reading because there's so much okay. you know this book inspired by god i said i said um i told a pastor and his friend that this book is inspired by god what he said to me, I'm sorry. I'm, he, I'm said, sorry. he said to me, um, so what you're saying, your book is equal with scriptures? I said, my friend, your pastor was just preaching. Would you say that what he's preaching is equal with scriptures? He said, yes. I said, okay. Anything that is inspired must be aligned and equal with scriptures. And I leave it there. you for listening to the voice of truth podcast may the spirit of the lord enrich you with his light power and blessing